0: And Max Mallow. Hello and welcome everyone back to the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm here with my co host Max Mallow. Hello, Max. How are you today?
1: Hey, Natalie, things are good. Third episode so far. Uh, really enjoying oh, it. Yeah. I hope people enjoyed our review of The Haunting of Blind Manor. And I say review. Uh, as a loose word because it was yeah. pretty much a shellacking of what we thought of that show but yeah go ahead and give it a listen uh, if you guys missed it but we have a really exciting episode uh, planned here for today.
0: Yeah. So today is Friday the 13th. Um of course our podcast lands on that day so We're going to talk a little bit about it. So, um, Max, did you know the origins of, not the movie franchise, but just, like, why is Friday the 13th a scary or spooky day?
1: No, I personally didn't. I think it's just something you kind of grow up with, and eventually it's just, like, something you know. It's like, oh, Friday the 13th, that's a spooky day. And either you hear it from a friend or a family member or something like that, and you say you know, watch out for black cats and don't walk underneath Mm -hmm. ladders. But like, what's, is there actually like significance behind its origin?
0: Yeah. So I think it's basically combining two superstitions into one. So Friday is an unlucky day. And the number 13 is people are scared of it. And it's known as an unlucky day. I had to do some research into this because one of the biggest um, beliefs for Friday being an or for thirteen being an unlucky number is um, from Christianity and I'm not you know I've never read the Bible I'm not familiar with it so I had to you know do some research so basically um, for in Christianity for the Last Supper thirteen guests attended it and the thirteenth guest was Judas and that is who uh, betrayed Jesus. So that led to people believing for years, probably even now, that um, having 13 guests at a table is bad luck, um, and people just became of the number, became afraid of the number 13. Um, I feel like there is a movie that's you know about the fear of 13. So that's something that is really, really um, continued year after year. I always hear that 13 is unlucky, but I never really knew. Um, why Friday either. I I thought Friday was just Friday the 13th. I didn't know Friday itself was an unlucky day. Um, But so basically just over in history, bad things typically happened on a Friday. Um, For the Canterbury Tales by Chaucer, he wrote, and on a Friday fell all this mischance. Um, I also in my research read that in Britain back years obviously years 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 ago that friday was known as hangman day because that's usually the day when people who were sentenced to death were hanged um so yeah friday and 13th both scary superstitious and they just uh, got got put together combined and now friday the 13th
1: so yeah the, i think the only thing i remember about numbers from my childhood outside of friday the 13th is the number 23 movie with jim carrey which is just a good bad time if you haven't seen it it's like jim carrey's take on harm and it's just it's just goofy it's just him and (laughs) his obsession with the number 23 but yeah i didn't know any of those friday the 13th stuff so that's awesome because like i feel like people would assume that it's the whole day friday the 13th but in fact it's the number 13 which is unlucky yeah and friday itself so yeah that's all great stuff but Before we actually get into talking about the franchise as a whole today for the episode, I want to do a quick horror news roundup of everything that's been going on in the industry. Of course, we did it last week at the end of the episode when we were supposed to do it at the beginning, but I just couldn't (laughs) hold back from talking about The Haunting of Bly Manor. But really quickly going on uh, in the world of horror, A Quiet Place Part 3 is happening with a new writer and director of Jeff Nichols, who did Midnight Special and Take Shelter. So, Mm -hmm. of course, John Krasinski wrote and directed both the uh, the original and part two. Part two hasn't been released yet. Of course, it's supposed to come out this year, but with the shutdowns and the pandemic effect in the world, it was delayed. And you had a hot take. You didn't like A Quiet Place. I think <laughs> A Quiet Place is great as itself, like as a singular movie standing out, great movie. We'll have to see what part two has to include in terms of adding Cillian Murphy, and obviously Krasinski, uh, spoiler alert, is no longer alive in the franchise. But, yeah. you know, it you run the risk of a part three and you know, how much can you actually expand the lore in the universe of a movie that's something as simple as these aliens arrived, if you spoke, you died, and that's it. I don't know where they go from there.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like turning into a Cloverfield in the sense that, like, there's all these, uh, there's like a couple of these movies that are connected, but it's not exactly the same. Yeah. Um, which, you know, could work, could not. It's And then it's like a quiet place is very similar to Cloverfield, just in the sense that, you know, there's this threat out there that's kind of like a monster thing, but you're not really sure exactly what it is. You just don't want to be outside for that long. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. It, it, it could, I don't know. I'm excited to see the second one because I think it looks really interesting and it looks, like, different from the first one. But... Yeah, I think, I think it's very interesting. They're jumping ahead to say, you know what? The third one, we're doing it. It's fine.
1: Yeah, you can give Krasinski and Emily Blunt the benefit of the doubt because, you know, they're great.
0: Yeah, they are.
1: Well, like, they have to leave part two off in a good place to warrant a part three. Otherwise, it's, you know, how much are you going to milk from the, the franchise as a whole? Because after watching the first one, you think, oh, this isn't really a franchise. It's just a great standalone movie. But... We'll see, we'll see what happens. Moving on though, Jordan Peele's next film is set for a July 22, July 2022 release date and it will be in the horror genre. We don't know what it's about yet, but just the name Jordan Peele attached to a horror movie and we are all excited.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait till we get more details on, you know, the synopsis of it, who is going to be in it. You know, even if it's all unknown people, sure, that's fine. You know, um, he's great. So I'm really excited.
1: Yeah. For those who don't know, which I would be surprised if you didn't, of course, Jordan Peele, who became popular in The Key and Peele Show on Comedy Central, directed and wrote Get Out, won an Oscar for it. He did Us, which wasn't as critically acclaimed as Get Out and had some mixed reviews, but people really, really loved that movie. And he rebooted The Twilight Zone for CBS, watched a couple episodes of it, thought it was good, but never really pursued the rest of the series. And he's attached to Candyman, the remake coming out, which has Yaya Abdul, Mateen in it, the second, um, who is one of my favorite actors from the he's past awesome. year and a half or so, whenever Watchmen came out, and he was Dr. Manhattan <laughs> in that. He was so good. So was Regina King. That whole series is so good. It's not a comic book show, but if I could just talk about... <laughs> watchmen and damon lindelof and everything that man has done in movies and tv i would i could spend an hour talking about it possibly yeah more. but yeah so jordan peele always going to be excited whenever he's attached to a movie and then the final bit of news is that the witch star uh, anya taylor joy who some might know more recently from the queen's gambit which is a netflix series that's been making the rounds she will be in an upcoming robert eggers film called The Northman, which is set to follow The Lighthouse, so we can now assume that all Eggers movies will have the in it. The, yeah. Yeah. the <laughs> Witch, The Lighthouse, The Northman, The Movie, whatever. We're all here for it because he's so good. Both yes. of those movies that he's done have been critically acclaimed, not only from a horror perspective, from just a cinema perspective as a whole. Right. And the cast so far attached to this is stacked. It's got Taylor Joy, Alexander Skarsgård, who is Eric Northman. Eric Northman. Gotta love him. Uh, Nicole Kidman and Ethan Hawke. And our dual favorite, Willem Dafoe. He is
0: the best.
1: This movie's already stacked up to be an absolute W. Yes. The the quote to pick out here uh, from an interview that uh, Taylor Joy did with Collider, she said, I think we'll be presenting to the world something it genuinely hasn't seen before. I just feel so humbled I get to be a part of it. Now... That's interesting to say because the witch yeah. and the lighthouse were already something like that. The world was so enamored with. They were like, this is amazing. Agreed. So whatever the Northman has in store, I think we're both here for it.
0: Yeah. I'm so excited. And yeah, I feel like if anyone could say that it's something we haven't seen before, it would be, you know, a movie by Robert Eggers. He is just takes so many risks. And we both love him, of course, so I am so excited. I'm gonna be so hyped up for this movie, and if it disappoints me like Midsummer did with uh, the follow up to Hereditary, I will be so mad. But you know, I'm gonna think positively.
1: That's a common complaint, isn't it? People loved Hereditary so much that Midsummer just didn't live up to it. See, I still haven't seen Hereditary, so I'm just sitting on the Midsummer, <laughs> and I loved Midsummer. I thought it was so good, but I can totally understand why. Ari Siegel stands would be more inclined to love hereditary more because it's at least from what I know is that it's just inherently scarier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I still like midsummer, but I was just, you know, riding on the hereditary way of thinking was the best movie I'd seen in years. Um, especially for horror. So yeah, it just didn't live up, but that's all right. Yeah. Can't always win.
1: That's totally fair. But yeah, that's going to do it for our horror news roundup. Uh, if you're going to take anything away from that, Jordan Peele, Robert Eggers, A Quiet Place Part 3. It's it's all good things for the horror industry.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, all right, so should we get into our discussion of the Friday 13th franchise?
1: We sure can.
0: Can I please just list all of these movies because there are 12 of them and some of these names, I always forget just how silly... Alright, there's a Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th Part 2, Friday the 13th Part 3, Friday the 13th The Final Chapter, Friday the 13th A New Beginning, Friday the 13th Jason Lives, Friday the 13th The New Blood, Friday the 13th Jason Takes Manhattan, which is my personal guilty pleasure, Jason Goes to Hell, the Final Friday, Jason X, Freddy versus Jason, and then the 2009 remake, which they just went for the simple Friday the 13th. <laughs> Uh man, that's a mouthful. And I love how they like go back and forth between Friday the thirteenth and then just Jason does this. Um but anyway, it doesn't really matter. So how how does the Friday the thirteenth franchise rank for you in the uh in the great horror franchises?
1: It's up there. I would say I probably rank it third or fourth? Because mm-hmm. I would put Ah, yeah, maybe probably third because I would go Scream personally. Yeah, and then I would go Nightmare, and then Friday. I think is how I would have to rank them. Of course, Scream only has four movies in them, and one of them is infinitely better than the rest of them.
0: Yeah, that's how it always happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's just so many movies in this franchise, and they're all the same thing. You know, there's not like one where you can go. This one really, really sucks. They're all pretty much the same thing. It's Jason Voorhees. Except for the first one, of course, uh, right, taking yeah. out camp counselors at Camp Crystal Lake. And, yeah, they just get goofier and goofier as you go along. Like, if you just kind of marathon watch them all now, by the time <laughs> you get to the remake, which is part of that whole late 2000s remake cycle that had, yes, you know, it started with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and O3, I believe. And then we got Nightmare and Friday and they're all just kind of updated to be more to be like
0: sexy. Yeah. They just have like more sexy and hot actors. So it's not like necessarily good.
1: Right. And well, I, I can say my thoughts for the remake at the end of it. I thought this remake was a bit more unique than Friday in Texas because Texas didn't really change anything Friday. You can't, or oh, sorry, nightmare. You can't really change anything because at the end of the day, it's still Freddy Krueger haunting people's dreams. Yeah. And they made Jason a bit more interesting in this remake, I think, in my opinion. But going through the whole list of them, I mean, the original stands out as just being an all-time horror great. You know, some might not even know that Kevin Bacon was in it.
0: I know, it's so funny.
1: And the whole premise of it, which is funny because it, you know, it ties into Scream in the opening scene with Drew Barrymore it was talking about how, you know, Jason's the big killer Friday yeah. 13th. But that's yeah. not how the franchise starts. The franchise starts with Jason Voorhees' mother taking out uh camp counselors at Camp Crystal Lake. So, yeah, I mean the original was actually filmed in New Jersey too, right?
0: Yes. I'm so proud of my state. <laughs> um yeah i the original is just unbeatable uh we'll get into it a little bit more in one second we just have to take a quick break and we'll be right back all right and we're back so now we're talking about the first friday the 13th movie yes i would agree that this one is you know the best one in the franchise um i love this franchise and i love uh, Freddy, I think, I mean, Fred Hamces Jason. I think he is, um, I don't know why I just always from the first movie sympathized with him, even though he's a serial killer and, you know, a slasher, terrible, terrible person to run into, but I really like him as a villain and I like how it started with him not as a villain, you know, he's just following his mom's way and orders and I don't know, I love him, but, um... Yeah, that's the other thing is like you mentioned, there's just so many movies in this franchise that it takes takes the the quality down a notch, I think, because some of them are just so silly. Um, I will say Friday versus, or, why am I saying Friday and Freddy like interchangeably? <laughs> Freddy versus Jason is a guilty pleasure, and so is Jason Takes Manhattan, but it's just one of those where like you throw it down and like you just laugh at it. It's not scary.
1: Agreed. Everyone wanted to see Freddy versus Jason. Uh The same way Alien versus Predator for a lot of people. Yeah. And that movie is peak 2000, just sexy teenagers getting cut up by two crazy people. And then they eventually battle it out. And it's like, who's going to win? And in the end, no one kind of wins, which is like, that's dumb. Like, you got to just have it. They did the same thing with Alien versus Predator, which annoyed me. It's like, Uh. just pick a decisive winner. One's a crazy zombified dude with a machete, <laughs> and one is a absolutely awful person who wants nightmares with a glove with blades on it. So totally. make, make up your mind. One person has to win. One person has to lose. Instead, no, they just did the whole stupid Head thing waking. I don't know. I I don't want to rant about it, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can talk about the the original, of course, uh, a bit more in depth. The it was directed by Sean S. Cunningham. It was written by Victor Miller, and stars Adrian King as Alice and Betsy Palmer. Uh, was Mrs. Voorhees. So of course, Mrs. Voorhees is the main villain. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, Halloween inspired this movie. So yeah. Cunningham called up Miller and said that since Halloween had seen so much financial success, they should try the same thing. And it worked. This movie it was super successful at the box office. It was budgeted around $550,000 and then made $16 million at the box office. So, yeah, the the formula was there for, for Hollywood.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they were really, you know, banking on that. All right, people are into slashers now. They had Texas. They had Halloween. And, yeah, Cunningham and Miller were just like, let's just ride on it. People are going to like it. And, yeah, it worked. But um, also, I think, like, the origin is super similar to Halloween in the fact that, you know, they had this idea and then they changed the name to be, you know, a creepy day. So the original uh, story for Friday the 13th was called A Long Night at Camp Blood. Um, So I guess that was before Crystal Lake was picked, but um, then uh, they decided to name it after Friday the 13th. Um, So... You know, I it, I think the tactic works. We discussed this in the last episode when we talked about Halloween, and um, I think you know having it that day, it's more iconic, easier to say than a long night at Camp Blood, especially if they're going to make you know ten sequels out of it. Um, so I think the name works. What do you think?
1: Yeah, of course, a long night at Camp Blood part three, part <laughs> the the final chapter. A new it doesn't work. It's no, it's way more marketable just to be called Friday the Thirteenth, and. Yeah, I think it speaks for itself with how successful it is and how it turned Jason into one of the iconic characters in movies. And I would totally agree that it falls in the same line with Halloween. If it's not called that, Mm -hmm. you know. Of course, who knows really in the long run of things, but you just have to kind of assume it wouldn't have been as successful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Friday the 13th is such like an iconic day even if you know we didn't know why it was superstitious we know that it is um and of course these movies came out before we were born so now it's kind of just like synonymous with the movies but um yeah I think it works really well and you know it's also interesting the origin of this franchise because I think the first movie is just so different than the rest like the big twist at the end I think you know it's it's just smarter. Um, so with the big twist that, you know, Mrs. Voorhees is actually the killer. It's not, it's not Jason is, uh, that was the writer Miller's idea to have the mom be the killer. Um, and I was looking, just researching, you know, interviews for anything that he said about the writing process. And he actually said in like multiple interviews that the character, um, is like the mom he's never had because he always wanted his mom, like a mom that would kill for him if he was ever getting bullied or anything like that. So I thought that was, you know, a bit quirky and funny. And uh, he obviously was very, very, um, passionate about the story, which, which is fun. I like that.
1: Yeah. That's one way to write a horror movie, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, even that's like that's the big twist at the end but there's even more of a big twist that follows it afterwards that jason actually is something like he's just this creature living in the lake and then he takes the mantle of being the the big bad for the rest of the franchise
0: yeah and i i do love that very last ending you know that he he is there i think that was a good extra twist because um you know, the first one is like, it's a sub- subversion. It makes you like, you know, it's a plot twist. You're like, Oh my gosh, wow. It's actually the mom. But then it's like, but wait, he's also there. And yeah, it set up, it set up obviously so many more movies to come, but it was interesting because then also uh, Victor Miller, the writer of the first movie said that he really doesn't agree with the fact that Jason became the, ki- the killer after the first film. Um, in this one interview with Vice that I read, he said that he wasn't even asked to work on any of the other films because he was too expensive. Um, which, like, he apparently just said, all right, fine, because he didn't know any better back in the day. But yeah, so he, he did not like that Jason became the villain. But, you know, I think it kind of had to happen because can you imagine the franchise going on for as long as it did if it was Mrs. Voorhees as the villain? Well,
1: no, especially because she gets her head, her head chopped off at the end, unless you're going to zombify Mrs. Voorhees.
0: It, but, it could. Yeah. They could.
1: That's a common complaint with the Scream franchises because Billy and Stu were so iconic in the yeah. first one that it just started being silly people who were Ghostface. You know, it was yeah. Billy's mom and Timothy Oliphant, and then it was Roman, who was Sidney's half-brother, and that movie is absolutely horrible. And then in the fourth one, it was emma roberts and emma roberts is great we like emma roberts we love her. but you know at some point it doesn't become Ghostface faces the killer it becomes this person wearing the costume yeah and great. that's what makes jason and freddie and chucky and leatherface also iconic is because that's them
0: yes agreed Agreed. And yeah, I mean, I feel like so even if they didn't have the Jason uh, appearing at the end, they could have figured out something for Mrs. Voorhees, bring her back in like a origin story or like some other way, you know, if they really wanted to keep the franchise going. But if we're being real, Mrs. Voorhees is scary, but Jason is so much scarier. So I think they made the right choice, even if, you know, Miller thought it was selling out or cheap writing or whatever it was. I think they made the right choice.
1: 100 percent. There's nothing scarier than a brooding zombified man with a hockey mask running at you with a machete who, you know, doesn't have to use the machete. He can just absolutely crush crush your skull at any time or in your guilty pleasure. Jason takes Manhattan. Just punch (laughs) a dude's head off. He, he did that. He just punched a dude's head off. And that is is hilarious because, you know, why is a boxer boxing Jason Voorhees on a Manhattan skyline? Because you can in these movies. It's They're so silly in that sense. And, yeah, he punches a dude's head off. So, of course, he's scarier than Mrs. Voorhees in the long run. <laughs>
0: I also think, too, like, um, I do think that Freddy from Nightmare is a good villain, but he doesn't personally scare me because he's kind of small. Like, Michael Myers, Jason, Leatherface, are all, like, huge, huge, like, scary-ass dudes. And, you know, as as a woman, that scares the F out of me. So that's a huge, huge added bonus.
1: Plus, they all have, like, iconic weapons, right? Like, Leatherface with a chainsaw. Like, what's... Mm -hmm. scarier than a man wearing other people's skin in some dirty butcher clothes with a chainsaw running at you i'd be terrified i'd be terrified (laughs) again a zombified man with a machete who can punch your head off terrifying mrs voorhees and the kills in the original are like they're iconic like i mentioned kevin bacon is in it for a bit of the movie and he gets stabbed through his bunk with a with an arrow and there's blood squirting out of his neck and it's one of the most iconic kills in horror movies as a whole but you know when you get jason involved in it same way with freddy is that the kills can be so imaginative in their own sense and you know it's it's even more of a bonus having tom savini who's a makeup god in horror being able to lend his hand to all of these creative kills and see the thing about the thing that terrified me about freddy was his appearance like even though he's small and he's like more of a limber man than some of these (laughs) brooding guys like Leatherface and Jason. Freddy was just a creepy looking dude.
0: Yeah, I agree. And his voice, like just the fact that he talks is just a, is, is interesting. But of course we'll have to do a whole episode on the nightmare franchise because we both love it.
1: Agreed. Plus you get all the, funny lines that he says like welcome to prime time bitch <laughs> like i just love his quips are so good but of course those movies became super silly towards the end anyway
0: yeah as as apparently they all do except for halloween
1: yeah which you know jamie lee <laughs> curtis you can't you can't turn a jamie lee curtis series into goofy because it doesn't work jamie lee curtis is this by the books fantastic actress and you just gotta you gotta make sure the series I don't know what I'm saying
0: <laughs> yeah she, I, she deserves better basically is what you're saying I think
1: yeah she deserves the the great storylines
0: um okay so I find it interesting that you have uh some positive to, to things to say about the Friday the 13th remake because i I am pretty sure I own it on DVD just because you know it came out when I was in like ninth grade and don't judge me but Um, you know, it, I did not think it was good. I didn't think it was the worst movie I've ever seen, but, you know, didn't do well with critics. It did make a lot of money at the box office, um, which, you know, isn't too surprising. It's a horror movie with hot actors in it. So, you know, at the time, 2009, people were into that, um, probably still now, but so what is your defense of this movie?
1: Sure. Uh, if the court will hear me. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: the the thing I liked about Jason in the in the 13th is reboot, remake. It's all kind of the same thing, right? It's, I guess, technically a reboot, even though it's a remake because yeah. it's the same characters, but it tosses out the whole Mrs. Voorhees storyline. So yeah. I guess reboot's more of an appropriate word, but it turned Jason into more of a, you know, the thing about Jason is that, he, again, he's this brooding man who just is chasing after you. Same thing with Michael Myers. He just, he's following okay. you. you. You can't get away from him. And, you know, it, he walks at this nice gingerly pace. doesn't matter yeah. what you're going to do. You're going to run into a, a TV and you're going to fall over. You're going to trip over your shoelaces. You're going to do something and he's going to get you and he's going to kill you. But with the reboot, his, his actions were so much more menacing. He was yeah. like this survivalist who could move quickly, you know, you felt more, the teens were a bit more, uh, I guess, more of a dangerous situation, even though it's kind of the same thing. But yeah, I just like the way they, like, updated his character for a 2009 reboot because for the Nightmare one, it wasn't really updated, you know. It was more, Freddy was, again, being more menacing instead of more joking, but it's the same thing haunting you in your dreams and killing you. And Michael didn't change in the 2018 version. He was still the same (laughs) giant man walking after you and chasing you down. So I like the fact that they made him a bit more athletic. I'll say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I agree with you. That's a good point. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, as a Jason Stan, as weird as that is to say, I'll, I'll claim it. Um, yeah, I I love to see more, you know, of a background for him, um, which is interesting because the this movie it was supposed to be a full origin story for him, but then it turned out to be, you know, yeah, remake, reboot, kind of like a reimagining of the first few mu- movies. Um, would you be interested in a full on origin story? Because I definitely want one
1: on Mrs. Voorhees.
0: No, on Jason. Oh, on
1: Jason. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I th- if we're we're heading for a new wave of these iconic franchises to be rebooted and remade anyway. Yeah. And why not? I think it's if you can do it in a way that's not, you know, critical of the originals and something that just completely craps on its source material, that's fine. Plus, like again, defending the the reboot has some good actors and actresses in it. Like Jared Padalecki's in it.
0: Yes.
1: Of course. Daniel
0: Panabaker.
1: Yeah, Daniel Panabaker, uh Aaron Yu, who was in Disturbia and oh yes disturbing is a classic uh arlen escarpetta who was in the fifth final destination movie and i love that franchise and i thought he was good in it so you know there are names in this movie that doesn't you know it doesn't completely disqualify from being a good friday entry i think it's better than some of the other ones in this series
0: yeah I agree. I'll, I'll have to agree with that.
1: Plus, it did a ton of money at the box office. Like it said, about twenty million in budget, nineteen, I believe, and then almost ninety-three million at the box office. So,
0: yeah, that's insane.
1: The numbers speak for themselves. People enjoyed this movie. If you don't read what they have to say on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs>
0: I know, I I included the Rotten Tomatoes score here of a 26. I usually, you know, I take Rotten Tomatoes with a grain of salt. Um, Sometimes I totally agree, sometimes I totally disagree, but I thought it was, you know, something to add in just for a point of reference there to see what some critics were saying.
1: Yeah, and it all, you know, I think now, years later, people can be more critical of those movies because, again, they're trying to... You know, update the source material and the source material is so good in its own right like the texas yes. chainsaw massacre movies that were remade are bad like those are yeah those are bad and the I original agree. is so iconic the nightmare one is not great but i didn't mind it the friday <laughs> one is fine you know i'm not gonna be like this is the worst movie i've ever seen it's no it's, definitely not it's fine and that's it i'll leave it at that it's fine <laughs>
0: thank you um okay we're gonna take our second and final break of the episode so stick around and we'll be right back all right and we're back so now we're talking about just the friday the 13th franchise um what's the future of the franchise you know what do we want to see so currently, um, Cunningham and Miller, you know, who made the first movie, they're fighting over the rights to the franchise and its characters. Um, so that's going on right now. There's a lawsuit. Um, but, you know, obviously the franchise is still in demand. It's so popular still today. Um, there was a, a planned reboot. Like, it was announced in 2018. Um, I guess it's not happening anymore because I could not find any other information about it. So that was interesting. And that was also from LeBron James's Spring Hill Entertainment production. So I remember when that came out, I was like, LeBron James is making a Friday the 13th movie? Okay, cool. But um, I don't think it's happening. And then also I've seen that um, Jason Bloom from Bloom House has expressed interest in rebooting it multiple times. Um, so what, what do we want? Do we want more movies? Um, there is also, I read... When I was looking at, you know, if they're uh, the fate of TV shows, maybe that the CW passed on a Friday 13th show before picking up Riverdale, which is like they are have to be so polar opposites. I'm so glad they went with Riverdale because no offense to the CW, I don't want to see a Friday 13th show on that network. But um, what what do you think? I just said a lot of information. <laughs>
1: Uh, first off agreed we don't need friday the 13th on the cw that's just something that's a recipe for disaster and they
0: break out in song oh god
1: stop it it's gonna do all the stupid like supernatural and and vampire diaries stuff more specifically vampire diaries where it's like you know a major character dies Let's go to commercial. Come back. Oh no, the, yeah. char- the character's not dead. You know, I can't really speak to supernatural that much. I know that fan base is like super hardcore and they love that show. Yeah. Uh, and I've never seen it, but you know, this we can all kind of agree the CW is not the right place for a potential TV series to live. Kind of in the same vein that MTV wasn't the right spot for a scream TV show
0: I agree. to happen. It's- you can't have it on a regular network where, you know, like you can't curse, you can't show graphic, you know, violence, which, you know, the fans want it. I'll admit it. I want the violence. So you can't show it on there. And yeah, I agree with the scream. I didn't watch all of it because I did not enjoy it. The TV show, but it was, you know, it was corny.
1: Corny is a good way to describe it. They're they're like in defense of the gore that movie had, uh, that show had some gore in it and, even so much for TV that I was like, "Whoa, that's a lot for a TV network," and it's a completely different take on Ghostface. Mm. And being such a scream diehard, I watched it all. I didn't think it was terrible, but mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely not the the franchise that I know and love from the movies. The interesting thing, I mean, you mentioned LeBron James. <laughs> the the thing about horror movies now and some of these big profile celebrities. I mean, Chris Rock is attached to Spiral. Yeah. Yeah, which which is the, it's in the Saw universe. And that movie hasn't come out yet. And we're all kind of interested to see how that works because Samuel L. Jackson is in it. And you're like, okay, anything that Sam Jackson is in, I will 100% watch.
0: (laughs) Totally.
1: the Saw franchise has gone completely off of the rails. And I'm not afraid to say that. Totally. And Jason Bloom is one that, is so widely respected in horror movies now that I feel like if he t- if he touched it and tried to reboot it go for it. Um I'm totally trusting of that because Blumhouse just has so many hits under its its production house and even Freaky is coming out now which mm-hmm. is I heard is also really good. It's also a Blumhouse movie. I need to see that. He's one that I would just trust to, to handle it. But I also stress the idea of just let's come up with new things.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that's too, like also too, if they did do something like this, that's why I'm interested in the origin story because it's not going to be the exact same thing. You know, it'll take a different angle. So I think, you know, I could see an origin story. I would be hyped for it given the right hands were on it. Um, Also I was saying, you know, it couldn't be on a network, but of course it could be like on a uh, AMC um, FX that has American Horror Story, like obviously that, and The Walking Dead, which is on AMC, those are you know, those are mature content and scary and whatnot, so that, that could work.
1: Agreed. I,
0: not the CW, <laughs> well,
1: yeah, not the CW, and the both, and the, the two franchises you mentioned. I mean, The Walking Dead has been just drawn out so much over the last, I think it's over 10 years now. I, I I remember watching the pilot in high school yes and same yeah. thing with the american horror story is that murder house is so iconic and asylum is good and i like coven and then we get into freak show and then it's just it's just too much at some point you just gotta be like okay thank you this was good let's step away from it even american horror story tried to go the slasher route with 1984
0: yeah yeah Yeah. 1984 yeah yeah that show is so up and down there are some seasons i love of course the early ones i love and then there are some that i can't finish um but yeah um
1: again come up with some new stuff or do it in a way that's updated for modern times completely Mm -hmm. like look at invisible man Invisible Man updates a super old Universal horror movie to the 21st century, and it's done in a way that hits on social tones. It's got great acting in it. The it's not really scary, to say the it's least.
0: Suspenseful. It's suspenseful, yeah. which is
1: which is good. Same thing with uh, Upgrade, which is another. Oh yeah. It's the same, you know, high tech suspense borderline horror movie. It doesn't always scare you, but, you know, some might have found it scary. Mm -hmm. Just a good, objectively, like, an objectively good movie is uh, The Invisible Man. So, if you're going to do Friday the 13th, remake it in either, like you said, go Origins and make Mm -hmm. it, again, like, engaging, or update it for the 21st century and make it entertaining. Like, I mean, this is years ago as well, too, but like Cabin in the Woods and the Evil Dead remake. Those were updated Mm -hmm. for the current times and they're super different. Yeah. And they're great movies.
0: Yeah. Also, the Invisible Man, the original, came out in 1933. So maybe, you know, just let some time go and then come back to it. You know, if it's like 2030 and they're like, all right, we're going to make a new Friday 13th movie. Maybe that will go over better than, you know, next year.
1: Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like we're in a good place in horror movies in terms of the genre as a whole. Like, I don't mind the Candyman reboot slash remake because right. Candyman, I feel like, is a property that not a lot of people would recognize and be like, ooh, what's this? And yeah. they could watch it because of the names attached to it and be like, this was great. Let me go back and watch the original. And then let yeah. me watch the two sequels that followed it, which aren't as good as the original, of course. But that's... Uh, I feel like that's just something that if it's not done correctly, I don't want it. And that's just from a, that's a bit of a purist take, right? It's just like, don't screw it up. If you're <laughs> going to do it, just don't.
0: Totally. And like with your point with Candyman too, I think the new one is going to be, you know, updated a lot and it's, and it's going to deal with, you know, these um, racial issues and things we're seeing today. So I think it'll really resonate with people um where people are today whereas you know another another remake of a slasher movie with uh almost no no point to it or any changes wouldn't wouldn't fly
1: yeah I'm not really sure how you would hit on social tones with uh with Jason Voorhees as a main character because <laughs> like you look at like you said with Candyman and yeah. the Invisible Man is The Invisible Man is a great take on gaslighting in the world and domestic abuse. And totally it's like, you're watching and you're like, I feel really bad for Elizabeth Moss's character right now. Like I feel really, really bad. And I want to root for her the entire movie with Friday the 13th. You're kind of rooting for Jason. You're like, all right, dude, kill all these teens. Like, this is so stupid.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I agree. And it's like, you don't get to know the characters that well. Um, to to um sympathize with them you sympathize because they're getting killed but you know that's about it right
1: like scream you sympathize with Sidney prescott all the way through yes nightmare kind of the same vein with friday it's just recycling camp counselors and teens and you know (laughs) sorry yeah killing them off in some way that's entertaining and that's what you root for you're like okay i want to see some crazy kills and this franchise does have its fair share of crazy kills. Mm. Speaking for, I mean, like I said, the Kevin Bacon kill with the arrow. You have the Jason X, which is okay, way later in the franchise. The The frozen face kill is one of the craziest kills in horror movies. He just deep freezes some girl's face and then <laughs> smashes it on a counter. And it's insane. Amazing! It's insane. You have the... He lights a a someone on fire in a sleeping bag in the remake, and that's terrifying. Like mm-hmm. it's all brutal, okay. and it's it's fun. And Freddy versus Jason, he folds a teen in half the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we want out of Friday. So, yeah, I agree. You, you got to live up to like you got to be gory. You got to be inventive. Because like, let me think. What's the most recent remake to come out? Child's Play, right?
0: I would say that's one of them for sure. Yeah. Did you see the um, remake? Yeah, I thought it was all right. I love Aubrey Plaza, so she killed it for me. But otherwise, I thought it was all right.
1: It's it's, it's like a pretty simple like remake, cut for cut, right?
0: Yeah, it's pretty It's similar. I mean, obviously, you know, the Chucky doll looks different because it's all high-tech and whatnot. Um, but it's, it's similar to the original, for sure. They have, the you know, different characters and all that. But it's pretty similar. It doesn't take too many risks.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you take risks essentially with a child's play (laughs) franchise, but yeah, like they updated it enough, right? It turned Chucky instead of being possessed by an evil spirit of a serial killer to a high tech doll, Mm -hmm. who's voiced by Mark Hamill. So yeah, okay, cool. But then of course that movie gets crapped on by the original creators of it. So
0: yeah, yeah, that did happen. You
1: have two universes splitting off in the Chucky universe, and you know you just create. I don't know. You don't want to divide horror fans. You want to bring them together and let them enjoy something. That's true. Put all the the work and effort into it. I guess kind of in the same way that Halloween is doing it, because it, like again, I speak on celebrities who would be attached to horror movies that you might not even realize. Danny McBride uh-huh. helped write Halloween. Danny McBride from Eastbound and Down helped write <laughs> Halloween, and it was great. It's the best attempt at bringing one of those old franchises back to the modern day and it did it super well. So that's all I stress. If you're going to do it, do it right.
0: Take notes. Um, yeah, I agree though. Yeah, the Halloween, Halloween that 2018 one was kind of an outlier for me and remakes because I thought it was so great. And of course we talked about that at length in our first episode. So wrapping up, any final thoughts on Friday the 13th? Anything we should avoid today? Black, Black Cat's, um stepping on cracks in the street is not even a thing anymore
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah uh, that even like specifically tied to friday the 13th because like i remember step on a crack break your mother's back right yeah i think
0: that's it (laughs) yeah
1: it's like broken mirrors and walking under ladders and black cats or whatever other superstitious stuff i mean we're all inside anyway (laughs) like yeah I, i don't think i risk in my new york city apartment of walking underneath a ladder so i think i'll be okay plus like friday the 13th that type of stuff stuff doesn't like scare me in terms of being superstitious it's more like final destination and all the crazy shit that happens oh, in those movies yeah. just seems so much more likelier to happen of course even though they're extremely unlikely to happen but <laughs> I
0: agree.
1: favorite movie from the franchise is it uh, jason oh. takes manhattan <laughs> yeah
0: imagine if i was really going hard to say that's my favorite one no i will say the original
1: the original? Okay. I'm going to go on an outlier. And uh No, no, no. I'm going to go Jason X. I think Jason X is just so stupidly goofy that it's so good.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good one. A guilty pleasure one. Also, I think the second one is pretty good and not in a guilty pleasure way, just in a pretty good way, but the first one I takes believe,
1: it. I believe it's the second one that has the kill with the guy in the wheelchair who gets the machete in the face and he falls backwards down the stairs in the wheelchair. And that's, like, one of my favorite kills in all of horror. It's just so good.
0: I don't remember if it's that one. There are 12 movies after all. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is.
1: Yeah, they all got, you know, they're all all crazy, these movies, once you get past part two and part three, essentially. I mean, even Crispin Glover is in one of them for, like, a short bit, and he gets absolutely destroyed by Jason. (laughs) But, yeah, you watch these movies for the gore, watch them for the kills, and you just enjoy the ride because again it's the same thing as like michael you can't really kill michael myers right Uh you can't really kill jason even though he dies a couple times in these movies it's it's just good fun i if look oh let me let me bring this up final thoughts if you're gonna do anything with jason do uh a well executed Freddy versus jason again
0: Oh my gosh! Again, so that's gonna need to be like twenty fifty when I think it's appropriate.
1: Mm -mm. No way, that movie (laughs) is so just all over the place. It's it's crazy and it's
0: hilarious.
1: You know, unless you're gonna remake Nightmare again and then remake Friday again and then pit them against each other, like I would love to see just those two go at it again because. It's just, I don't know, it's just a crappy 2000s horror movie in my book, even though you love that movie.
0: Yeah, but because it is a crappy 2000s horror movie, like, you got to just love them.
1: That's fair. Maybe (laughs) I'm just being too much of a a, a cynicist right now.
0: No, it had potential to be, you know, provoking, scary, you know, great action. Um, It didn't, but, you know, it was entertaining, so that was fine.
1: Yeah, I guess, yeah, as long as you're entertained in some sense.
0: (laughs) Wasn't a total loss.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like especially with those two characters, you want the gore. When you get the gore, it's entertaining. And Mm -hmm. Freddy vs. Jason has a a stupid amount of gore (laughs) for obnoxious reasons. So, yeah. I would would like to see those two go at it again. Let me get that remade before we all decide to remake all these movies again.
0: (laughs) all right that's a fair take that's a fair take um all right so everyone who is listening thank you so much for tuning in we really appreciate it um please tweet at us with any questions any ideas for episodes anything you want us to talk about in the horror verse we'll do it um my twitter is at natalie zamora with two a's and then max is at odd slice uh you can also leave us a review on apple Podcasts. you can you know, ask us questions on there as well, and we'll answer them. And then we'll see you back next Friday, which is November 20th already. That's insane. But thank you guys so much.
1: Save big money now on new siding from LP Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding.